0: When he'd gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's a joy uh, for me to introduce you to a friend of mine. Um, You you may already know her, but if you do not, uh, Carrie Headington is a friend that I've had for over 20 years. Um, I didn't choose her, Uh, she chose me, you you might know what that means, Um, and um, she's a a woman that you need to listen to for this reason. She has single-handedly led the charge of serving the underserved in South Dallas. If I had daughters, I would want them all to become like her. She has a degree from Yale, a degree from Harvard, a degree from Oxford, She lectures at Fuller Seminary. She has been a street evangelist in East L.A. where she has had to uh, predetermine where they were going to lie down during drive-by shootings as she shared uh, the love of Jesus with those in East L.A. She's an advocate for the poor. She's She's an activist, and she is someone who has put her money where her faith is. And so, Carrie, would you come and join me? I think I made up for that. I, I, made, I introduced her one time in a, in a very different way, which I'm still paying off for now. But this is Carrie, and um, let me pray for you, and then she's going to preach. Lord, thank you for Carrie. Thank you for the love that you have for her and the love that you have for us. Would you come now and put power onto our message that we might yes. learn more of what you're like? Yes. So would you come, Lord Jesus? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave.
1: Good morning, St. Bart's. Good morning. It is an awesome joy to be here, and I don't know if y'all know this. It's a special day because it's Dave Larley's birthday. It's Dave's birthday, and I have known Dave and Rachel for a very, very long time, Um, so it's a special joy for me to be here, and we have been longtime friends, so today is kind of also a testimony to the prophetic, to the power of the prophetic, because, so Dave and I went to seminary together, and um, the first night We arrived at Oxford. So 9-11 happened, and it was horrific on the Friday. We were supposed to arrive at school on the Friday, but all of us, our um, flights got postponed. And so we arrived to England quite shaken, quite shaken from everything that had happened. And so they told international students, and this was before... Um, we had a, an ability on WhatsApp to make international calls. University of Oxford said, all international students can call home and you can talk to your family as long as you want. Do you remember that, Dave? So it was, it was really, it was quite a, a shaken time. We'd all been shaken and we're up, kind of like we're up in an upper room. First night, first dinner, we sit down. Um, I'm totally jet lagged. And Dave had come from Canada, I had come from Texas, and Dave and I, they sat us next to each other. And Dave and I start talking, and out of my mouth, I have no idea why I said this, but I said, you know, Dave, I made this up. I said, Canadians and Texans are supposed to get along really well. And he looked at me and he goes, really? And I said, oh, yes, yes, Canadians and Texans. I said, In fact, Dave, after being with you tonight at this dinner, I think you're supposed to minister in Texas someday. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. Fast forward three years. So we we were uh, studying together for three years. Fast forward. It's the night of the summer ball. And everyone was all dressed up. And down in the garden is this most beautiful radiant woman, and I met her, Rachel. Now, I'm kind of like the big sister to all these younger guys in seminary, So I go up the stairs, I meet Rachel, she's radiantly beautiful, radiant with Jesus, and I run upstairs and I said, okay guys, there's a woman in the garden, she is so beautiful, one of you has got to marry her. And they literally, they were all sitting in this room, they all got up, ran down the stairs, And this other guy named Ron got to, to Rachel first. Dave was like right there. So it didn't work out for Ron. Ron married Ruth, who's now a bishop in the Church of England, and Dave got right in there with Rachel, and here we are today, and my three godsons later, and St. Bart's. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, But isn't it amazing how God is so intricately involved in every detail of our lives? I mean, just that night, I have no idea why I said, Dave, you're supposed to minister in Texas. But God speaks to us, doesn't he? And even though it was some 15 years later, here they are here they are. So God is speaking to us this morning. He is involved in every single detail of our life. And if there is a promise that has been spoken to you, do not lose heart. God is at work. Though we may may not feel it, though we may not know it, God is always working. God is always working. So we're going to be working this morning from John 13, our passage from the gospel reading a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you says jesus you are now to love one another and by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another henrietta Mears, the great uh, bible teacher and mentor to Bill Bright and Billy Graham and many others said this. She said, whether Prince or Pauper, everyone is desperate for an ounce of love. Why? Because we were made by love for love. We love, the Bible says, because he first loved us, love. But what is love? I love dogs. I love puppies. I love coffee. I love my husband. I love you. I think especially in the past few years, love has been under siege. And our hearts are so weary. The entire planet has been under attack from this dual pandemic, one seeking to ravage our bodies and one coming internally seeking to divide us as human beings. It's literally seemed like a spewing of hatred out into our world, of division, hatred, wars in our own families, within ourselves, and amongst one another. Um, a friend of mine tells the story of a little girl named Annie, and Annie was this very, very bright, precocious little girl, and um, her mother said to the father, and the father was working from home, Annie, I'm going to, uh, I, 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 I need to leave Annie alone with you, husband. Can you handle it? And the husband said, course I can handle Annie not a problem how long do you think you'll be gone she said about five hours and he said okay I've got it I've got it under control you've been watching Annie for all these days I got it under control so so off mom goes and dad says okay how am I gonna handle Annie so um, He says, I know what I'll do. I'm going to, oh, there's a picture of a globe on a newspaper. I'm going to cut up the picture. This will keep her busy for at least like a couple of hours. So he spread out the little pieces on the floor, and he said, okay, Annie, um, I want you to put the world together. You get all these little pieces and put it together. Here's some tape, and just tape it. So she said, okay, Daddy. And about 15 minutes later, she came back, and she said, I'm done, and he said, that's not possible. She said, no, I'm finished. And he went in, and sure enough, she had done this. It was brilliant. And he said, how did you do it? And she said, well, Daddy, when you were holding up the newspaper, I saw that on the back was a picture of two people. And I thought, if I can put those people back together, I can put the world back together. At the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. We are broken. We are broken. And we need love. But we've forgotten how to love. And we've forgotten who love is. Love has a name. His name is Jesus. And I know that for the past few years, even those of us with the strongest of faith have had have had our lives absolutely rattled. We have been pushed to our limits. Um, there's a study out of the University of Copenhagen that, in 97 countries, um, they looked and the searches on Google every time COVID increased every eighty thousand. The searches for God and prayer and who is God, and I need help, doubled. Barna just came out with a study of Dallas-Fort Worth. 56% of people in our metroplex report to being clinically anxious. 63% of us report to being clinically depressed. 38% of us are in the midst of grieving. 78% of us, that's the majority of us here this morning, report to being totally stressed out and burned out. And I think all of us are saying, God, are you here? Are you out there? Can you hear me? Help me. And then comes Easter season, the season we are in right now. Right now, Jesus rose from the grave and we're in this time period of these fifty days before Pentecost. I really want to be here at Pentecost um, and 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 where people encountered the risen Lord Jesus, they encountered him and and they that reality of the resurrection points to the reality that God is real and that God is alive and that God doesn't sit removed from our pain, but entered into it in the person of Jesus and defeated sin and death and rose again from the grave so that we could be in reunion with God once again. That is what Easter is all about. And we can meet this risen God. He is alive and his name is Jesus. Somewhere in the world, every day, statistics show that 80 to 110,000 people encounter the risen Lord Jesus somewhere in in the world and commit their life to Him. That's powerful. He is alive. My husband and I go to Malta, and every Um, every other year we go to Malta and it's all these missionaries from North Africa and the Middle East and my husband said take a journal take a journal and ask people how they came to know Jesus and to a person they all said one after one after another said I had a vision of him I had a vision of him in a dream And he spoke to me and he told me to go to this place and that I would encounter the word of life. And someone, I went the next day by this tree and someone was there with the Bible. I mean, you all, I have over 300 pages of handwritten notes of all kinds of ways of Jesus appearing. But I think in our Western context, we think, oh, um, followers of Jesus were wishful thinkers. We are um, just people kind of holding on to hope that it's true. We are um, kind of, it's one of the many self-help options. But the New Testament meaning of belief was pisteu that Greek word pisteo, which means to trust, to commit to, to put our weight down on. That This is not stepping into the abyss of the unknown, but it's stepping into ultimate reality. That's how the New Testament believers who were the beginning, the launch, the way of followers of Jesus that that we carry on, that tradition that has been passed down, it's because they had encountered something so real that they could commit their entire lives to it. I remember in my 20s, I'd had this amazing encounter with Jesus. Amazing experience of the Holy Spirit in my life that absolutely changed my life. And I told my friends, I said, I'm going to go to Oxford and I want to study it because if this is not real, I don't want to follow. I don't want to follow this Jesus. I've had this experience, but is it true? And my friend said, don't go to seminary. You know what they call it, cemetery. It's going to kill your faith, and especially don't go to Oxford. No, they're going to, oh, your faith is so beautiful, Carrie. You found this new life, but this is going to, like, destroy it. And I got there, and I spent three years looking at the evidence for the resurrection, looking at the life of the historical Jesus, looking at the veracity of Scripture, And I left more convinced than ever that Jesus Christ was and is the Son of God. And I said, for the rest of my life, this is what I want to do, to let everyone know that God is real and God is alive and God is love and he is here. So, this passage is saying, do you love? Well, we can't. Love one another until we have received the love of God ourselves. Now, I knew this is a story about Dave, he doesn't know it, but I knew Dave, Larley, before your pastor, before he encountered the risen Jesus, and was filled with the Holy Spirit. So I would call it before love. Before Dave Larley, before he encountered love. Dave Larley, before he encountered love, he was quite religious-ish. He showed up to seminary. He would sit in the back row of chapel every day, often in the balcony. He would heckle sometimes, true story. And he even would like I fell asleep one time, we were having breakfast, he ate the bacon off my plate. Who does that? Who eats the bacon off the plate? He ate the bacon off the plate. Dave Larley, um, I had fallen asleep, it's true. Dave Larley had an encounter with love and became so enlivened in the power of the Holy Spirit, everyone in the college saw the change in his life. Everyone. And he was so filled with the love, it spilled out of him. And one day in my life, he asked how I was doing, and I said, Dave, I have been battling severe depression since the age of nine, and it's gotten worse over my life. And in my 20s, I was suicidal and have been dealing with it into my 30s, and I just want to get free of this. And he said, we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray that the living love would pour out on you and then would bring healing. And so he prayed, so full of the Holy Spirit, and I felt something inside of me break. And this joy started bubbling up. And this joy, that started a healing process in my life that I can't, help but tell people what God has done for me. Love transforms. Love is the power that transforms our lives. That love is the hope of the world. And that love wants to encounter us this morning. I just want to read a few testimonies from the New Testament, and then we're gonna pray. How are we doing, Dave? On time, okay? I want you to listen this morning because these are people who encountered Jesus. These are people who encountered love. Jesus, if God is love, and Jesus is God in human flesh, Jesus is love with skin, the invisible God become visible, the unknowable God become noble, the God that we can meet this morning. So I just want to read to you a couple testimonies. Um, And this is all from the New Testament. Listen to John. That which was from the beginning, what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have looked at, what we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testified to it and declare to you that eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and we share so that our joy may be made complete I went to the well at noon. All the other women go to the well in the morning. But because of what I've done in my life, I don't want to see anybody. And I got there at noon, and this rabbi appeared to me. And he asked me for some water. And I said, You can't talk to me. I'm a Samaritan. I'm the wrong race. You're not even, you're you're supposed to wash your hands if you come near me. And here you are asking me for a drink of water, and I'm a woman. I'm I'm a low-class citizen. And you're talking to me, Rabbi, asking me for a drink of water? And so I gave him some water, and he said, I want to tell you something. There is a living water that I can give you that you will never, ever, ever thirst again. And I said, give it to me. I was so thirsty. My soul was so thirsty. Give it to me. And then he said, go get your husband. You have no idea how broken I was. Because the reality is, I'd had five husbands, and I was currently living with a man who wasn't my husband. So I thought, this rabbi's going to turn away. And he looked at me, and he said, I will give you this living water. And I said, there's a time coming when the Messiah's going to come, and we will worship in grace and truth. I am he. I couldn't believe it. And I went to the village, and I said, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. I am very distinguished. I, 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 I normally don't tell people this, but I'm quite brilliant. I'm very respected in the town. But I had heard about this rabbi, And I had questions for him. Now, I had everything in the world's eyes. I had the best degrees. I had money. I had everything I ever wanted. And yet I felt so empty inside. And I asked to meet the rabbi in the dead of night. I didn't want anyone to see that I had questions and that I had needs, and I went. And I asked him, who are you? I asked him questions. And he said, you must be born again. I don't know. All I can tell you is was I was blind, and now I can see. We have waited for generations, generation after generation after generation, saying, the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming, the Savior is coming, and we waited and we waited and we waited. I have seen the Messiah. No one ever sees me. I am the shorthand chef for everyone in town. And this rabbi came in, with my son-in-law Peter and they I could tell they were all like okay where's the meal cook it up lady I felt so sick and I was in the corner of the room and this Jesus he saw me he saw me no one ever sees me and he said you're not well are you no. He said, be healed. And I got up and cooked him the best meal he's ever had. I have been despised and hated by pretty much everybody. Tax collectors are the most despised, hated people in town. And this rabbi came in He walked by. It was the greatest love I'd ever seen in my life. And he said, follow me. And I had a dinner party that night, and I invited all my friends. I mean, you should get to know my friends. Prostitutes, people who, shysters, who take money from others, all kinds of people. And there was this love. We'd never encountered such love before. And we all said, We want to follow you. We want to follow you. Okay, so all of the disciples saw this Jesus risen from the grave. And I said, I don't believe it. No way. No way. No way. You all are hallucinating. And he appeared. He appeared. And there he was. And I said, Jesus, is it you? And he said, Thomas, touch, touch my side. And I put my hand in his wound, and I fell at his feet. And I said, you are the Lord. And I worshiped him. I want to tell you my story. We got a snapshot of it. You all have the postcard. I'd had the issue of blood for 18 years. Never thought I could be healed, ever. But I heard the risen Jesus was in town. And I thought if I could just go and touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. And so I went, and there he was. And I reached out, and I touched his garment in faith. And it, the crowd was pressing in so heavy, and he said, Who, who touched me? And I said, I, did, I didn't feel worthy. I was so desperate, though. And he sat and he heard the whole story. He listened to my entire story of doctor after doctor after doctor. And he said, woman, your faith has healed you. Brothers and sisters, what does love look like? What does love look like? Love is an encounter with the risen Lord Jesus. I love the acrostic, L-O-V-E. L, God listens. The scripture says that God does not slumber or sleep. He is always awake. He is always working on our behalf. He knows the number of hair on our head. And the Bible says, God says, call to me and I will answer you. He is always listening. To us. He loves us so deeply. Oh, others, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus died on the cross for us and rose again from the dead, defeating sin and death. That means no matter what any of us have done in this room, God is ready and waiting on tiptoe to forgive us, to cleanse us, to set us free. V, voice. He speaks words over you. Have you heard the words of Jesus lately? The words that say, I love you with an everlasting love. The words that say, you are precious and honored in my sight. The words that say, you are my beloved child. That is who you are. It's not um, um, employed, unemployed, young, old, rich, poor, barren whatever that society wants to place all kinds of labels on us and Jesus is saying to us this morning you are my beloved child you are my son you are my daughter I love you unconditionally when you look in the mirror and think if anyone ever knew that about me they would run away I want to tell you I love you with an everlasting love That is what I have for you. And E, eat. I want to feed you. Wherever you are hungry, I want to feed you. In the sacrament of my body and blood, and I want to invite you to the banquet table of everlasting life. That is love. So I want us now in this moment, for all of us, on your card... Where do you need to be touched by the love of Jesus? He is longing to meet with us. Where do you need to be touched? Where do you need God's love? Just like I asked Dave, pray for this depression. I want healing. Where? And we're going to take a moment and write it, and I'm going to have Dave come up, And um, we'll close and just seal these prayers, seal these prayers. So take a moment. Where do you need a touch of Jesus? Lord Jesus, we trust that you are here, that you are alive, that you long to meet with us. We lift all of these prayers to you. Pour out your Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit of love into every heart. And as these children come in, wrap your arms around them May they know that you love them with an everlasting love. God is real. God is alive. We can all meet him. His name is Jesus.
0: Just as um, Carrie was preaching, thank you, Carrie. Wasn't that great? I mean she wears pink better than Chris or I ever could, so uh, that was that is pink, I think. Anyway, thank you, Carrie. As she was speaking, there was just uh, we heard read right in our um, reading from Revelation um, the, those powerful verses that the Lord is making all things new. And to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of life. And there was a sense of, as she was speaking, that there might be someone uh, who in their work life, it feels like you've hit like a dead end. And the sense was that the Lord wants to make that new, either renew a situation or make a new way for you. And then the other was, to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of life for free. It's one of the great promises, isn't it? Come by with what you do not have. And so if that resonates with you, I would encourage you, when we come up for communion, um, there'll be prayer teams at the back, and it would count as a real honor to to pray with you. And um, I'm just going to finish off uh, with a little prayer before we move to the peace. So why don't we stand? Lord, we thank you for these words we've heard about the love that you have for us. And even now, we pray for anyone in our midst who feels that they're maybe at work or in some part of their life, um, things have come to an end, and we pray, Lord, that you would make things new, rather renew the situation or make a new path, and then to the thirsty Lord, to those of us who need more of your love, would you come and, and lead us into that that deeper, heartfelt knowledge of the love that you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.